0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Sco- Scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. So, Jason, I was just on Babcock Hoops, and I see that you guys actually have seven different players with international ties in your latest first round. Now, that includes ball... And RJ Hampton, two Americans who were playing over in Australia. But I guess of those seven players with with international ties, A, how many have you seen in person? And I guess B, just maybe give me a little breakdown on on all
1: seven. You don't need to go way in depth. Yeah, well, I haven't seen I haven't seen RJ live. Um, I've only seen him on video. But you know, I've seen the five Europeans uh, live many many times, and I have seen Lamella Ball play live too. Um, I think, you know, this is a good group of international, uh, prospects, you know, regardless, you know, even, you know, not including necessarily, uh, Hampton and, ball, um, you know, definitely, you know, at least, uh, I'd say that, you know, they're legitimate lottery picks. I mean, five of the seven are legitimate lottery picks. Um, it's like I said, you know, obviously, you know, LaMelo is probably, you know, the most talented of the bunch. Uh, I think that, you know, he's got a very, very high ceiling. Uh, he's super talented. I mean, I'm not, like I said, this is rhetoric here. Uh, I, like I said, you know, I, I've seen enough to think that, you know, LaMelo could be special. I like his ability to create. I like his ability to score in general. Obviously, you know, his jump shot his three point shot, you know, it's work in progress, but. Despite that, I think the rest of his game, you know, is good enough to, you know, justify him being a uh, top five, not top three pick. So, um, you know, among the euros, the guys from Europe, you know, Danny Abdesia is my is my top guy narrowly over Killian Hayes. Mm. You know, I think Dan, I'm sorry. I think uh, Denny Abdijah, you know, is uh, is a guy that, you know, uh, has had a really good season. He's improved since the start of the season, and he still has margins for improvement. People, you know, look at Denny's numbers and aren't impressed. They say, well, lottery pick, you know, he averages eight points a game. People forget that he's playing for an elite team like Maccabi in the EuroLeague. You know, he's uh, this is his first year playing at this level. Um, his numbers in the Israeli league which is not a bad league. It's just not as good as the EuroLeague are quite good, Uh, much better. You know, he often starts there and, you know, puts up big numbers. And as far as his numbers in the EuroLeague go, once again, you know, number one, he's improving. His numbers, his minutes, numbers are increasing. He started, you know, some games recently. And I just know he's having, you know, his role on the team, is becoming bigger and bigger. I've spoken, you know, I've gotten very good in intel, I've spoken with, you know, teammates, I've spoken with opponents, and pretty much everybody concurs that this kid, you know, is a very good player and he's only gonna get better. You know, his uh his lone weakness might be his three point shooting, which, you know, is obviously that's no small weakness in today's game. But I think that is improving that is improving too. He's becoming more and more confident with his shot. And because virtually every other aspect in his game is improved over the course of the season, I'm very optimistic that his three-point shooting will follow suit sooner than later. Uh, Denny's a combo forward. You know, I predict that he's going to end up being more of a small ball four than a three at the NBA level. Mm -hmm. But he can definitely play some three-man. And I have to say, you know, contrary to a lot of his predecessors, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, the stereotype of the uh, European combo forward, who is really, really skilled, is that, yeah, he can play the three on both, on, you know, offense, but he can't defend the three. I have to say, Denis Dija has played a lot of minutes at three guarding American small forwards in the EuroLeague, and he's done quite well he's done quite well. That doesn't mean that, you know, he'll be able to play the position full time in the NBA, but it's definitely something that he has a shot at doing and, you know, increasing his versatility of being able to play both positions on both sides of the floor.
0: Yeah. Does he remind you, Jason, does he remind you of, I mean, in all your years, you know, working for the Portland trailblazers and the Detroit Pistons and the Miami Heat, you've got a brother now in the, in the Kings front office, you know, now working for Babcock Coops. Does, is of dia does he compare
1: to to any guy over the years that that you've watched uh yeah i mean the two players i've compared him mostly to uh thinking nba i think he you know, he's going to he has a little of Danilo gallinari in him mm. um and a little of Nemanja bielica yeah and we uh, heard namanya yeah these are two guys that play the four spot but gallinari actually started his career as more of a three and then transitioned you know to the for, you know, which was, you know, his style was ideal for, you know, the modern uh, NBA. But I see uh, characteristics of, you know, both of those players. Um, He's probably not as good a scorer, shooter as Danilo is, but Danilo was not as good a shooter as he is today when he was 18. And uh, his versatility, you know, his all round game uh, definitely reminds me a lot of Nemanja Pielica. And I know this may sound blasphemous, but he, ha- he reminds, his versatility reminds me a lot of Luka Doncic. I'm not saying he's going to be Luka Doncic. He's not going to be a ball handler like Luka Doncic. But I'm just saying that his all round game uh, reminds me a bit, you know, of a bigger, more, you know, power forward version of Luka Doncic. He- he's definitely the most polished European prospect in recent years outside of Luka Doncic um as I said you know his three-point shot needs to improve but the rest of his game uh is is pretty much airtight so I think that you know uh Denny Denny definitely you know justifies status as a high lottery pick I think he's going to be a good pro player I don't necessarily think he's going to be an all-star but I think his uh his floor is very high so I think that, you know, he would be a pretty safe pick. And just the intangibles, the intel on him are are so good. I think that he's a guy that definitely, you know, could be useful for the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, while we're on the subject because, you know, they, uh, like I said, you know, they need, you know, more quality at both forward spots. And this is a guy that can fill both positions in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard, Jason, that, that they're fans. I mean, the Wolves have – have expanded their, their european scouting presence from what you understand have the wolves gotten a fair amount of looks you know at afdia this year
1: yeah definitely you know i know i know they're, i know european scouts and i know that you know the the new management you know uh, the people in the new management you know are strong believers in the international game yeah, i've been running into good. their i've been running into their international guys and man you know just people from their staff uh, over the course of the season I'd say definitely that the Minnesota Timberwolves were one of the teams that had the you know the most presence at games at least the ones that I attended myself so I think that you know they've been doing their homework and I'm sure that they've you know covered their basis on Danny and you know some of the other guys that we'll you know speak about uh, during well yeah our-
0: let's transition to-, to Killian Hayes I mean that's That's the other guy, Jason. I mean, I've heard, you know, just from my own intel that, and I don't know how the Wolves have their board stacked, but I've heard that they are fans of both Abdia and Hayes. Hayes is a combo guard. I mean, if you look at the Wolves' backcourt, you know, Malik Beasley is a restricted free agent, but all signs point to the Wolves bringing him back next year, even if they have to match an offer. You know, they have D'Angelo Russell, a 23 year old All Star, 24 now. You know, so the backcourt in many ways is set, but I guess on Hayes, can he guard? potential small forwards in the league. I guess, could you see Killian Hayes coexist with Malik Beasley and with D'Angelo Russell?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, why not? Uh, I think he definitely could, you know, uh, Killian, you know, he has, uh, he has, he has good size and length, uh, um, and he's got a strong, mature body for, for his age. um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Killian. I have to say that going to the season, I did not have him this high. You know, he was probably my third um, European prospect, but um, I saw more of a guy that was probably a first-round lock, maybe top 20, but not. Uh, I was not thinking of him as necessarily a lottery pick. He's uh, improved a lot. He's had a tremendous season. His stock has really uh, rose. Um, you know, he made this. You know, his risky. Let's call it risky move. You know, he was playing for Chalet in France, a team that has good tradition with um, producing and grooming. You know, uh, prospects for the NBA. Just you know, off the top of my head, uh, Rudy Gobert uh, and uh, Rodrigue Beaubois played for Chalet. Uh, Michael Jalabal comes to mind, and they have some other young yeah, prospects. They have a very, they have a very good youth system, but you know, I, I, he felt that you know uh, there was a log logjam uh, in their backcourt, and despite getting decent minutes at age seventeen, seventeen uh, last year, he just felt that you know he would get a better opportunities, perhaps better coaching, also if he moved elsewhere. So he moved to Germany to play for Ulm. Um, which is a small team without much tradition, but they've been doing very well recently. And their mantra is, you know, to play young guys. To play young guys because then they'll go on and sell them. They've been very successful at doing this. Uh, both, you know, German, young German players and, you know, been recruiting players abroad like Killian Hayes. So anyways, this turned out to be a great move for Killian Hayes. You know, he, uh, the, the team took a big gamble on him. They gave him the keys uh, to the offense immediately. Uh, handed him over the starting uh, point guard position. And he has uh, definitely, you know, proved uh, that he deserves the faith they had in him, in him. And he's had a true breakout season. The thing about him is that going to the season, you know, he's been labeled as more of a combo guard. And that's certainly, you know, certainly, you know, the, 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 the label that he'll have going into the NBA. But my personal opinion is that he's going to be more of a true point guard than, uh, than I expected. Uh, he's going to be more of a true point guard long-term. I think in the NBA, you know, despite being able to play both positions, in the long run, his best position will be point guard.
0: Well, then I wonder um, if he is a fit here. I mean, I guess you can always find minutes. How about, how about I frame it this way, Jason? Could you see a scenario? I mean, the Wolves have two picks in the top 15 or 16, 16 because they have the Brooklyn Nets first-round pick. Let's say the Wolves end up at pick three. And they have picked fifteen or sixteen. Now I don't know if Hayes gets to fifteen or sixteen, but could you see a scenario where it would make some sense for the Wolves to go Avdia, like at pick three, then go Hayes at pick fifteen or pick sixteen?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that's that would be an interesting scenario. To be honest, I don't think based on recent projections that Killian would last that long. But because yeah. I think that if he did last till fifteen, it's a question of getting the best available player, not just you know the fact that he could actually be a good fit is secondary you know at 15 he'd be probably the best available player in any case you know my philosophy is to take the best available player obviously you know that's a tricky uh thing you know I think that sometimes you have to go you know by need sometimes you have to go with the best available player these guys should not I go for that, need
0: I mean outside of I guess the center position I mean, this is a franchise that has missed the playoffs, what, 14 of the last 15 years, Jason. Uh, this franchise is not in a position to be passing on talent. Even if you need to yeah. find a way, you know, if if that is the best player on their board, when they pick at yeah. pick 15 or 16, they better absolutely pull the trigger. And then they'll yeah, have yeah. a good pick at the top of the second round. So, I mean, the Wolves are in a position, Jason, where they'll have three picks in the top, what, 34, 35, uh, how about some of the other international prospects? Any guys that make sense for that for that early second round pick?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I, first I talk about, you know, the, a guy that could be there at 15, you know, Theo Maladon. Yeah. Uh yeah, go for another... I, he, going into the season, he was ranked, you know, at least I ranked him, but I think most people probably agreed with me, but he re, was ranked ahead of Killian uh, Hayes. It's not that uh, Theo Maladon has had a bad season per se. It's that Killian Hayes has had such a great season. Uh, Maladon's stock has dropped a little bit uh, in the sense that you know, he had a, you know, a tough start to the season. It was his first year in the EuroLeague, the most competitive league in Europe. Uh, he had a shoulder injury that kept him out for over a month and you know, slowed him down a bit. But he's been playing very, very well since, uh, since I'd say, January. And even though, you know, uh, we had him at uh, 23 in our latest mock draft at Babcock mm-hmm. Hoops, I think he's a guy whose stock is going to rise. And I think that at 15, it's not a stretch to consider him at 15. So this is yet another guy that, you know, the, 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 the Wolves could consider with you know, that uh, eventual second uh, first-round uh, first pick. Um, you know if you know Hayes and these are off the board and they uh, they were going to go international that Maladon would not be a stretch at uh at that spot so that's a guy that you consider you know comparing him to Killian Hayes he's uh you know probably a better a better score shooter but uh an inferior playmaker I'd say they both have you know good size length the guy that I've compared um, uh, Theo Maladon, too, uh, has been Darius Garland. Um, he's one of those guys whose offense, you know, whose shooting ability kind of sets up his playmaking rather than the other way around. Yeah,
0: and the Wolves um, loved Garland, by the way. The Wolves are big fans of Garland, or they were at least yeah.
1: pre-draft process last year, so that's an interesting comparison for sure. Okay, so that's, you know, another guy I'd consider right there. And as you said, you know, moving moving forward, you know, That those early those early second round picks are great picks because you know Mm -hmm. they're they're low risk, low investment, and they can yield very high rewards. Though, especially with international prospects, in my opinion, you know, whenever Mm -hmm. I worked for a team, I worked for Mm -hmm. almost twenty years. You know, I always was really eager. You know, we I knew we would have a pick in the early thirties because, on one hand, that took a lot of pressure. You know, off me knowing that, okay, you know, if, if my guy doesn't pan out to be a stud, it's not going to cost us much. But, you know, less pressure on the player, you know, uh, certainly, you know, was something positive. And, you know, we could just, like I said, it was easier to take a, a gamble, you know, on a swing for the fences, you know, with a guy who maybe wasn't getting big minutes in Europe at the time but had a big upside and there are two guys that you know on the first round bubble that you know i think are going to go in the first round but they could slip into the early 30s and they would be um olexey Pokushevsky. uh he's a he's a serbian seven footer who plays for olympiakos Athens now he doesn't play much in the EuroLeague in fact you know he rarely suits Yeah, but that's up. a good team
0: I mean you know it better than me I mean that's that's not an easy team to earn minutes on
1: yeah it's it's a veteran team there you know like I said yeah. they have he's like the 13th man you know it's uh, he has 12 veterans in front of him so he rarely even suits up but he does play for their second division team uh, and puts up very good numbers there and like I said this is a guy with huge upside you know he's raw talent He probably wouldn't be, you know, ready to get on an NBA floor yet uh, because he has a a very thin body, but he has huge, huge upside. You know, he's a seven footer who embodies the uh, modern stretch big man. You know, he can shoot it, but he can also put the ball on deck. I mean, he's a face up player in the true sense, not just you know, a big guy who can shoot it, but a big guy that can do stuff with the ball. He's very agile, moves very well, runs the court. Um, You know, I've seen him lead fast break offenses, you know, at the youth levels. He's a very good passer, very good, you know, uh, he could be, like I said, you know, a guy that, you know, you use to um, move the ball around uh, in the high post. Uh, He's definitely a guy that, you know, I'm sure that a lot of teams that are picking at the end of the first and the beginning of the second you know, are taking you know, serious consideration. Sure, and who's um, the other guy then? And the other guy would be Leandro Bulmaro. Uh, like Leandro Bulmaro is from Argentina, but he plays in Spain for Barcelona. Like the Pokusevsky, uh, he um, is not getting many minutes with their uh, EuroLeague team but he is you know putting up big numbers in the uh in their satellite team in second division and most importantly you know both these guys are guys that like i said from a scouting perspective you know those that have done their homework know that the, the, this kid you know has big potential bolmaro's intel is excellent he's one of those guys that you you, you you like i said you have to see either in practice or you know just he has things that translate well to the pro level. He's got great size Bilmaro. He's about 6'6", 6'7", with a very lanky build. He's a very good athlete uh, by international standards. Uh, he's a combo guard whose playmaking has really improved. You know, I thought he'd be more of a 2-3, but now he's proving to be more of a true combo guard as he's been uh, playing more and more as a point guard. Um and you know he's a guy that he's a slasher he's a guy that can you know create both for himself for others uh, he needs to improve his three point shot definitely you know that's definitely a weak spot uh, but just the fact that he can get to the rim without being you know a great shooter says a lot about his game
0: yeah I mean, um, it sounds like I mean he'd absolutely be intriguing if if he's even still on the board at at thirty four. thirty-five. how good of a draft jason is this i'll hit you with two more then i'm gonna let you go how good of a draft is this for the wolves to have three
1: picks in the top 35 i think i I think it's a i think it's a pretty good draft in general for for quantity they're not there may not be a franchise player there's no lebron james on this draft but i think that there are a lot of good players that can fill roles on any team. And obviously, you know, you said it, you know, that the Wolves, you know, are a team that, you know, needs, you know, a bit of everything, you know, at almost every position, even the positions where they're set, you know, one in five, you know, they need perhaps more depth. And any other position, they need, you know, anything, you know, any quality they can get. And as far as international players go, all all of the guys that we've talked about thus far could be available and could be logical picks at any of the uh, positions that the uh, Wolves currently have uh, their slotted draft picks. So, and once again, you know, I think that there are a couple other potential sleeper picks, you know, in the second round that def- that I'd say will definitely be there at 35. You know, it depends how much, you know, the the Wolves – you know, uh, how high they think of these players, you know, two names that come to mind, you know, would be Abdoulaye Ndoye, another French prospect, coincidentally, from the same team, Cholet, that Killian Hayes um, came from. Uh, He's, um, like I said, he's another guy who doesn't put up big numbers, but he's a very polished player, and he's one of those guys whose game is maybe better suited for the NBA than for Europe. He's not a big scorer, but he's you know he's a very athletic kid with a great size. He's a guy that basically can play positions one, two, and three. Uh, he, he's not much of a scorer, but he can legitimately play all three positions in some capacity on both sides of the court. He's got huge wingspan of approximately seven uh, two on a six seven uh, frame. Oh wow, yeah, and defend uh, positions one through three at thirty five. For a role player, that is something you're looking for. A guy, you know, a 3-and-D guy. He's Like I said, he's going to be a 3-and-D guy. He's not a great scorer, but his three-point shot has improved enough. Um, He can knock down the corner three-point shot consistently enough to be on an NBA floor. And with his defensive ability, you know, I think that, you know, he's a guy that has a role on uh, on any NBA team uh, coming off the bench, perhaps. Another guy would be Amar Silla. Amar Silla's playing for Ostende in Belgium. He's a Real Madrid prospect, project, a product rather. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, uh, like I said, he's a front court player, incredibly lanky, long body. Uh, He's, you know, he's, like I said, he can play both the four and five spot, you know, or small ball center. Slash, you know, uh lanky foreman. Uh, he's not, once again, he's not, uh, his offensive game is a work in progress. But because of his length and athleticism, he's one of those guys that, you know, fits well into modern NBA defensive schemes. Because with his length, he can guard, you know, uh, front court players. And with his athleticism, he can switch and contain for long stretches a smaller player. Uh, which is definitely a premium today uh, in, the, in the NBA. You know, for the defensive needs of today's game. You know, called the you know the Draymond Green effect, where you know teams are looking to you know be able to to switch systematically the uh, Marcella. Definitely fits uh this uh this role of a player that can, you know, pretty much uh switch onto any type of player. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who probably more of a screen and dive guy. He does shoot her from three point range, you know, but I don't think that's a strength. But once again, this guy is only eighteen years old. So I think, you know, in the long term, you know, he's gonna be good enough to be able to hit open three point shots. But once again, like uh, Ndoye, he's a guy that's, uh, whose defensive versatility and the fact that he doesn't need to score to be effective makes him appealing with a second-round pick.
0: All right, I'll let you go after this, Jason. I'm up against the clock. I mean, I could do an entire podcast on, on what you're dealing with over there in Italy. But I guess just how are you and how have you been impacted by, by the coronavirus? You know, I mean, for you guys and for us here in America, I mean, in, a, in absolute crisis
1: yeah well i don't know what to say i mean obviously you know this is new for you guys i've been dealing with this you know for for over three weeks now um you know yeah it's it's a lockdown uh you know i go out pretty much just to go shopping to visit my mom you know i just you know she lives close by i can walk to her place it is a little scary i have to say the doomsday scenarios that may be depicted on social media i don't necessarily believe in them it's like i said it's not that we can't go out or that they're going to shoot you if you go out of your house but yeah mm-hmm. people are being pretty much encouraged you know there are police patrolling the streets but it's not like you know they're going to shoot at you and i have you know not ran into you know any police or military in my neighborhood but um i but just you're you know, okay i mean
0: first and foremost jason you're okay and yeah, and that's your important loved thing, ones yeah. are okay too
1: yeah, my family's fine. And the other, like I said, work-wise, luckily, I did my scouting early in the season, so now I can afford to stay at home and just uh, follow up on video. So. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much, and be safe, okay? Thank you. It was great to be on your show, and I hope we can do this again sometime soon, Derek. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to embarkvet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Anticipation is building. The holidays are just around the corner and at The Home Depot, we can't wait. With Black Friday savings all through November, you can count down to Christmas early with a Santa Countdown Inflatable Special Buy, only $69.98. Or anticipate when friends and family come to visit with an entrance full of LED lights that will welcome them and the holidays with open arms. Get the holiday magic started early. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.